message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Sunday's Summer Psalm series. Oh, that's very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'll sit down there. So uh, it's our penultimate uh, Summer Sunday. Um, really enjoyed actually going through it, uh, through all the all the Psalms. Um, it's great having uh, James start at the very beginning. And because we're near the end, I thought we'd plan towards the end. So I've only left Ben with a few a few Psalms to pick up. <laughs> it doesn't work like that, but. Um, it was quite um, amusing a few weeks back when Tim uh, brought his account of how uh, the preaching rotor was uh, divvied up uh, in our meeting. And I've got to admit, I was feeling quite smug uh, when I walked out of there, effectively being given free reign. I was like, wow, Summerside, you can pick any psalm you like. Brilliant. I was really happy with that. Until I realised, obviously, how many psalms there were to choose from. I was like... Okay, now I am not one to make a quick decision. So I mulled <laughs> over it a lot and I was like, what should I do this one? I jumped probably around four or five and I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And I realised very quickly that my smugness had taught me a very quick lesson. <laughs> there are amazing topics. As we've been getting into the Psalms again, um, just, just seeing the, uh, the depth and the breadth and the power of God's Word. Uh, has just been uh, so encouraging for me. Um, actually, you know, there is, so, there is so much we can look at uh, within the Psalms. Um, you'll be pleased to know I did eventually knuckle down on a Psalm and a topic. So we're going to uh, look through that in a bit. I'm just going to pray quickly. Yeah, Father God, we thank you for uh, the power of your word, Lord God. Father, thank you for uh, the opportunity that we have this morning. Uh, just to study it, just to uh, spend time in your presence through your word, Lord. Father, we pray that you would open our hearts uh, to all that you have for us. Lord, we thank you for, for the power and the revelation that is brought to us in your word. Yeah. So uh, this morning, uh, we're going to be uh, looking through Psalm 146. So, maybe near the end. Uh, I'm going to be reading from the NIV and also just as I, um, as, as I talk and cover off uh, what we're looking through this morning, I might be jumping around a bit. For reference point, I will be referencing from, from the NIV as well. So if you could click, turn or scroll to where, um, to, to Psalm 146, uh, let's just have a quick uh, read of that together. Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, 
the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Love it. That's got to be one of my favourite psalms mm. anyway. But you can see my dilemma, hopefully. There's just so many things that I finally settled down on 146, one of my favourites. I was like, great. But there are so many things that we could look at in here. We've got worship, creation, justice, God's providence, his character, our faith. The list goes on. So you might see my dilemma there. <laughs> so the part that I eventually landed on is something that we see mentioned time and time again in the Bible. We sing about it regularly in our worship and often read about it in the verses that we study. It is, in fact, part of our core beliefs as Christians, but it's something that we don't often directly talk about and is quite possibly a countercultural belief. Have I got you on tenter hooks for what it might be? So, that is what is mentioned in verse 1 our souls. I found this very interesting. So, if you'll permit me, uh, we're just going to have a look through that topic. Verse 1, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, my soul. This is the core question then. What are we made of? What is it that the psalmist is praising the Lord with? We know we have a body, our physical body, but the Bible teaches us that there's another part to us, a spiritual part of our being. You don't have to look far throughout the Bible uh, to see verses that describe people praising God with their souls or sensing things in their spirit. So what is it that the Bible teaches us about our souls? How does it affect us? How do we relate to God with it? And how is it a part of us? Hopefully, these are some of the questions we're going to answer and look through together today. So, the secular view to this would be that we are just one thing, our body. If you walked out of here today um, and asked people if they had a soul or not, you'd probably get a chunk of people saying that we didn't have one. That you're just made of your body that's here, and that's it. You live, you die, the end. However, you'd also get a, a chunk of people, probably more than not, Christians, people of other faiths, and even people with no faith, who would say that there's another part of us that's more than just our body. There's all sorts of common phrases uh, people use to describe this non-material part of us, uh, it's sometimes referred to as having a sixth sense or just knowing inside. I think deep down, we all know there's this other part to us, mm. that we're more than just flesh and blood. But what does the Bible teach us about our spirit? Well, for a starting point, it's very much who we are. It is part of our created being. 
It's not something separate from us or something that acts independently from us. The emphasis in the Bible is on the overall unity of who we are, body and soul. That is, the Bible doesn't generally speak of a person's body doing something different to their soul or their soul doing something apart from their body. Rather, the whole person does something and there seems to be interaction between them. There's a verse in uh, Proverbs 17, 22 that says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed up spirit dries up the bones. That is, when we're really discouraged and down, we can feel it in our physical bodies. There's a constant interaction between what happens in our soul and what's happening in our body. Maybe you can relate to that. If you're unwell or you've had some sort of flu, um, then sometimes it can spiritually make you feel lethargic and harder to study your Bible and pray. And sometimes when you've had a really special time of worship or prayer in the presence of God, you feel uplifted and your soul uh, feels uplifted and renewed because there's that interaction between body and soul. A good motivator, i found, if you're ever feeling too tired to come to a prayer meeting, maybe. And so the emphasis of the Bible is that we do something. Our whole person does something. And that relates to both body and soul. I joked with uh, Sandeep last week as we were setting up for band. Uh, He asked how I was doing and I said, uh, the spirit is willing, but the body isn't. I don't know, maybe you can relate to that. We are a whole person in relationship with God. A quick side thought for us then is to think off off the back of this, is that the Bible is there to help us grow in who we are, in our bodies, as well as our souls, in all aspects of our lives. 2 Corinthians 7 uh, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Paul wants us to take care of our bodies and spirits, not abuse them or neglect them, but to care for them as one. Before I keep going, I just wanted to mention one interesting uh, thing about Psalm 146. Uh, The keen-eyed among you would have noticed that it mentions both a soul and spirit. Verse 1, praise the Lord, my soul. And then in verse 4, when their spirit departs, they return to the ground. This is an interesting point then. Are we made of a body, soul and spirit? Is there a separate part of us where we have a soul and a spirit? Or are the words soul and spirit used interchangeably uh, throughout the Bible? Are they used as words of expressing that spiritual part of us? I'll uh, jump ahead and give you my conclusion on this. And if you've been paying attention so far, um, you'll notice that I've been um, using them interchangeably. There are different words. We have the word soul, which in Hebrew is uh, nephesh, and Greek, uh, psyche which interestingly is my uh, interest point of the day. It's where we get the word psychology from. There we go. 
Um, and we've got the word in uh, spirit, which in Hebrew is ruach, and Greek, uh, pneuma. Both of these words are used interchangeably in the Bible, and both of them are shown to be playing the same role uh, within us. For example, just before Jesus dies, when he knew he was going to be uh, beaten and suffer and die, he says in John 12, 27, now my soul is troubled. And then just one chapter later in John 13, 21, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. It seems that John is saying the same thing in his gospel, but just using two different words to describe it. Some other things then, where we're looking at the Bible talking about our souls or spirits. Hebrews 12, 23 talks about people in heaven. Uh, the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. So people who have died and gone to heaven, they're called spirits. But in Revelation 6, 9, I saw under the altar the souls of those who have been slain. There we see people in heaven are called souls. And so again, it would show us that basis of using different words uh, the same way, or as my English teacher would have told me, as synonyms. In the same way, uh, when we die, uh, sometimes the Bible can say our spirit departs and goes to heaven, and sometimes our soul departs and goes to heaven. But nowhere does it say our soul and spirit goes to heaven. Um, as I was uh, preparing uh, for this morning, I had a, a quick read of uh, Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. I use quick in the, if anyone knows it, it's about, it's bigger than the Bible basically, it's this big. <laughs> um, I found a, a very interesting note on this uh, that I felt explained it quite well. So he writes this. If soul and spirit were separate and distinct things, we would expect that such language would be affirmed somewhere if only to assure the reader that no essential part of the person is left behind. Yet, we find no such language. The biblical authors do not seem to care whether they say that the soul departs or the spirit departs at death, for both seem to mean the same thing. Very interesting. So, a final um, and quite important point to mention again is that each interaction that is noted in the Bible that our spirits do, it also says our souls do as well, such as worship and prayer, experiencing emotions and sinning, being with the Lord when we die. There are many things that the Bible tells us both about our souls and spirits that they do, which is the main reason uh, why I would conclude that we are made of soul or spirit rather than soul and spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah? Excellent. I just wanted to help try and make that clear now uh, before I continue using them interchangeably and uh, confuse anyone. Okay, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there, but hopefully that, that was helpful. Coming back then, uh, how are our souls part of us? Our bodies and souls are our whole person. We often read about our soul worshipping God and relating to him. Psalm 35 says, Then my soul will rejoice in the Lord and delight in his salvation. Psalm 104, Praise the Lord, my soul, 
Psalm 103, praise the Lord, my soul, in my innermost being, praise his holy name. But it's not just our souls that worship God. Our whole bodies are involved in worship too, because we are a whole person in body and spirit. Our physical brains think about God when we worship. In fact, the great commandment in uh, Mark 20 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The emphasis there is on our collective being of body and soul. When we sing or pray aloud, our physical body is very much a part of that. We raise our hands in worship, we clap, we play instruments as part of our whole person in worship to God. What does, what does this mean then? It means that we shouldn't see our spirits as more holy than our body. Neither should we see our body as more important than our spirits. We worship God in both our body and our soul. So, what else does the Bible reveal to us about our spirits? Well, it is part of us knowing and understanding things. Things are revealed to us through our spirits. Romans 8.16 The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Wow, what amazing truth and revelation testified to us in our spirit that we are children of God. What great truth we know through revelation in our spirit. Permit me uh, a very quick tangent, but just to say in this Romans 8 passage, the Holy Spirit and our personal spirit are mentioned here. The Spirit himself, as the Holy Spirit, testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Just to drop some uh, big S, little s theology in. But to be clear, when we read spirit with uh, big S, that's referring to the Holy Spirit, that is God himself. Whereas when we see spirit little s, that's our personal individual spirit. Big S, little s. Nice, subtle, but important difference. So, God reveals truth to us through our spirit. Uh, for those of you who were here last week, um, I really love the phrase that David mentioned during his preach, that there is, no other, there is no higher form of knowledge than revelation. God reveals his truth to us through our spirit. It's not through testing or experimentation that we know we're God's children, but through revelation from God by our spirits. 1 Corinthians 2.11 For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? Our spirit helps us know and understand even our own minds. It is part of the very core of our being. As it is part of uh, the very core of our being, it is important to say that yes, our spirits can and do sin. We are as a fallen people, sin in both our body and spirits. For example, Psalm 78 speaks of the rebellious people of Israel whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits 
we're not faithful to him. Proverbs 16, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And also in Proverbs 16, all of the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Our spirits are very much a part of us. They are part of who we are, and like the rest of our being, are susceptible to sin and making the wrong choices. As I mentioned before, Paul encourages us in 2 Corinthians 7, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates both body and spirit. The big question then, what happens when we die? The Bible is very clear that we do have a soul that lives on after we die. As I've been mentioning so far, when we're alive, our whole person is very much our body and spirit. But there is a time when we die that our spirits are separated from our physical bodies and are able to be with God. As Christians, we believe the only way for our spirits to be with God is through the forgiveness of our sins because of the price that Jesus paid for us on the cross. It is only through Jesus' death and resurrection that our souls can be with the Lord. In fact, Jesus, when he was on the cross, turned to the dying thief and said, Today you will be with me in paradise. That's in Luke 23. Even though both of their physical bodies were soon to die, he knew their spirits would soon be with God in heaven. When Stephen was dying, he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Paul said, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, Philippians 1.23, and that he would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord, which is 2 Corinthians 5. The apostles knew that through their faith in Jesus, their spirits would be saved and be with God, for that is the central that is a central foundation of our faith, that through our faith in Jesus, our souls are washed as white as snow, and we can know and be with him, welcomed into his presence as sons and daughters in his kingdom. A final question for us to ponder on then. Did Jesus have a soul? Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. For him to be fully man, just like us, he had a body and a spirit. Jesus was a whole human with a genuine soul and spirit. Because we don't just need salvation for our bodies, but salvation for body and soul. Luke 23, 46, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. That's an echo of uh, Psalm 31 as he was dying on the cross. Jesus lived his life perfectly, both in body and spirit. For that is how he could offer himself as a sacrifice for all mankind by being and living fully man. Now, while this has hopefully been uh, quite interesting, chewing the old theological cud, uh, what does this mean uh, in practice for us? How can we take what we've looked at today and apply it in our lives? As I was sitting down uh, in, my, uh, in my kitchen, uh, thinking this very question through, 
because uh, Graham's taught me well uh, and always encourages to bring an application. I was sitting there, deep in thought about the whole thing, when something within me thought, I know what you need to do. So I stood up and I walked right over to the snack cupboard where I found this amazing Malteser chocolate bar that Rach had been stashing for special occasions. <laughs> and I stuffed my face full of it. Now, you may be thinking that this is the best application to a preach you've ever heard. But <laughs> this is where I'm going with this. So I sat back down on my laptop, happy, content, and feeling slightly impressed with myself. When I felt God say to me, in a very loving way, and I hasten to add, I'll probably, I'll paraphrase here, just to get the gist. You're very well tuned to feeding the needs of your body. Wouldn't it be great practicing tuning the needs of your spirit as well? Yeah. And I have to admit it, not just because he's God and he's always right, but he was right. My whole person is body and soul. I shouldn't favour one part of me over the other, which I will admit and say that I do. My whole being is his creation, created for his glory. I'll say this for myself, but I really need to have a better awareness of my spirit within me and work on how I can feed and care for that spirit part of me, as well as my physical body too. So this is my encouragement uh, for us all today, to try and be just aware just as aware of our spirits as well as our physical bodies. To feed it well by spending time with God in his word and in our prayer times. There are so many other ways we can care um, and feed for our spirits too. Uh, reading it, the Bible and prayer time are great, uh, but think outside the box. How, what other things uh, will lift and care for our souls as well? couple of uh, examples that came to mind. Going for an amazing walk with the beauty of God's creation before you. There's nothing quite like it really. You know, you, the beauty of creation can literally sing to our spirits. Singing, another good one. If you're musical or even if you're not, playing and making music to glorify God can build our souls too. Do you think it's a coincidence it's called soul music? In doing these things and many others, not only does it help us grow and care for our whole person, but it better equips us on the road ahead in all that he has planned for us. Uh, we're going to spend some time uh, in worship now. Uh, if the band could come back up, that would be great. Um, and uh, as we do, I really want to encourage us to take this opportunity to reflect on what that could mean for you. It might be praying um, about being more aware of your spirit or how we can balance our whole person of body and soul well. Uh, if there's anything you'd like prayer for, then you're uh, very welcome to come during our worship um, or do just take the opportunity uh, to spend some quality time with the Lord. to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday.